everyone, and we are live. We like to say good morning to everyone, to those that are listening online, the community online. Um, we say good morning to our local assembly here. We appreciate you. We thank God. Most of all, we thank God for his presence. Amen. We thank God for his presence. We won't stand before you long, but we want to deal with a very familiar text, a very familiar scripture that most people have either preached it or you've shared it with someone else. But today we want to bring out what the Holy Spirit has for us to say. Amen. We're going to go to the book of St. Luke, chapter number 15. St. Luke, chapter number 15. Very, very familiar, very familiar text. But there are some interesting things that are in this text, and we want to deal with those. In the beginning, when we started off in meditating, and the Lord began to speak about uh, living in the fast lane. And then he, as we continued, he come across high costs for living. I said, okay, God, are you going to continue or are you going to change it or what's going on? And then the last, and he didn't change this, he says, a high cost for low living. High cost for low living. Heavenly Father, bless your word, and we thank you now. We pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just take your word and allow your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher, that he will minister unto us. We pray now, Lord God, for the conviction of souls. We pray, Heavenly Father, that we will hear what the Spirit has to say. This we ask in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Now, beginning with beginning with Luke chapter number 15, we're going to look at some things that we need to understand from this text. Sometimes we overlook some things. And what we need to see here now, because oftentimes people like to exempt themselves from the word. Amen. You know, we have self-righteous folk that like to exempt themselves from the word. Well, we need to see what God says about that. First of all, the Lord showed me the audience that Jesus was speaking to. And in chapter number 15, we're going to begin reading at verse number 1. We're going to look at the, that, look at the audience that the Lord was speaking to. Verse number 1 says, Then drew near unto him... All the publicans and sinners for to hear him. So the first audience, the first partaker in hearing the word of God is said that the publicans and the sinners drew close to Christ. The publicans and the sinners. That is one component in the text, in the audience. Now, let's look at, in verse number 2, the second component that's within this audience. Verse number 2 says, And the Pharisees and scribes, they murmured, saying, This man receiveth what? Sinners. Hmm. And then it says, And he eateth with them. He eateth with them. So they're complaining now. Jesus, who is the Messiah, he's the one that brings salvation, that brought salvation to the world. They were complaining that Jesus was sitting and speaking and the, the publicans and the sinners was listening to him. So these Pharisees, who was the religious sect, hmm, now, it's amazing how we can prejudge those that are trying to come to Christ. It's amazing. Now, first of all, let's talk about the sinner. We're going to say about the sinner. The sinner is a lost sheep gone astray. 
The sinner is lost or she is lost from God. And not only is he lost from God, but he's also lost to the flock, which has no communication with him. You know how it is? As a sinner, well, us holy than thou folk, we don't have no communication with them folks. Can I get amen on that? Amen. Amen. Don't want to have no communication with the sinner that's been lost from the flock. And then he says, knows not where he is. The sinner knows not where he is. He wanders endlessly. He's exposed to the beast. He removes himself from under the shepherd's care. And he cannot of himself find his way back to the fold. It's difficult for the sinner to find his way back to the fold. Now, Isaiah and 55 and 6 says, we are all like sheep that have gone astray. So when you look at the when you look at the sinner, the sinner is lost from the congregation, he's lost from the flock, he's lost from God, he's lost from himself, and he can't find his way back. So Jesus is speaking to the publicans and the sinners. Now let's look at the Pharisee and the scribes. Let's look at the Pharisee, okay? <laughs> Now, when we go to, I think we're going to Matthew chapter number 23. God says, let's go straight to the word so we are able to see about the Pharisee. And see about the Pharisee. We're going straight to the word. Matthew chapter number 23. And looking at verse number 2. Because now Jesus is speaking to the multitude. He's speaking to the multitude. Now, when you look at verse number 2 in Matthew chapter number 23, Jesus is saying, The scribes and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat. Now, Moses, when you look at Moses, what Moses represents, what Moses' purpose was, Moses was a lawgiver. Okay? So here we are. We've got the Pharisees. Pharisees are those that wound and scatter. Now, they're sitting in Moses' seat. They want to hand you down the law, lawgiver. Moses was a lawgiver. But how many of us know that we are now under grace and not on, under the, the do's and the don'ts? When you go to the book of James and they'll tell you all about if you break one, just one of the, the commandments, you done broke them all, okay? So here they are now. They're they, they in Moses' seat. They, they, they want to tell you what to do and what not to do because we're going to deal with these Pharisees, these self-righteous Christians. Can I put them there? Because uh, I can't say they are disciples, okay? Because a disciple is a followers of, of God, amen? They're followers, okay? Now, when you look at, now watch, watch these Pharisees. You've got to watch the Pharisees now. In verse number 3 in Matthew uh, chapter number 3, it says, All, therefore, whatsoever they bid, it says, you observe. Whatever they're telling you to do, you say, you observe. That observe and do. But watch what it says now. It says, but do not ye after their works. For they do what? For they do what? They say in what? What's that part of it? And do not. They can tell you what to do, but they don't do it themselves. Some of these self-righteous Christians. Amen. Now, Jesus, he's describing now the Pharisees, these, these self-righteous folk that, that put everybody else in hell except themselves. Can we get amen? Amen. One that does all the judging, they do nothing wrong, but they really do wrong. They tell you what to do, but Jesus said, don't be like them. He says, the things they may say may be true. But you don't do like them because, see, what they do is they tell you what to do, but they don't do it themselves. Now, looking at verse number four, watch the Pharisees. And remember now, these are the ordinances that Jesus has. He has the publicans and the sinner, and then he has 
he has himself righteous folk, okay? Now, verse number four says, For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne, and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. In other words, they can tell you everything you're doing wrong, but they can't give you no hope. They can't tell you what you need to do in order to get those heavy burdens off their shoulder. Amen. That's what the self-righteous do. They can point out all of your sins, but they can't tell you how to come away from that. Amen. And Jesus, he's describing. Remember now, they're they're sitting right there with Jesus as he's trying to teach the publicans and the sinners. Hmm. They won't. They won't help you. They won't help you come up out of the situation you're in. But they would rather talk about you rather than help you. He's talking about these self-righteous because this was what, you know, it's nothing new under the sun because this is the same thing huh, that's happening in Jesus' day is happening in our day. Amen. Now, looking at verse number five in Matthew chapter number twenty-three, because we're still talking about. These Pharisees, those that womb and scatter. It says, but all, watch this, but all their works they do for to be what? Seen of who? They want to be seen of men. They want to be seen. They want, they want all the expressions of, oh, you're so great. You're a great man of God. You're, you're a great woman. They want to be lifted up. They want to be seen. Of men. They want to be seen of men. Talking about the audience now that Jesus had. They want to be seen of men. Okay? Now, dropping down to verse number six now, they, they, you know, it says in verse number six, and they love the uppermost rooms at feasts and the chief seats in the synagogue. In other words, they want to sit high. Can I, can I sit up here in my chair? And can't nobody sit in my chair but me? They want to be seen. Look at me. This is what Jesus had in his audience, if you can understand that. I love how Jesus deals, because he's talking about them now. He's talking about them. He said they want to sit in the chief seat in the synagogue. They want to be exalted by man. These them Pharisees, them self-righteous folk, one that been wounded and that wounds and scatter people, ones that that just wants to rake you over the coal and and they don't have no sin. But the Bible said we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Can we get an amen on God's word? Amen. Now, verse number seven says, watch this, because talk, we're talking about huh, them Pharisees, because he has two audiences now, because really, basically, you're going to see about these two sons. Now, it says this, in verse number seven, it says, and greetings in the markets, and to be called of men, rabbi, rabbi, you know what that word means? Master. They want the men to call them master. Bow down. Uh, Here they come. Here here come the preachers. Bow down. We ain't supposed to be bowing to nobody but God. But watch what Jesus said about calling these rabbi masters. Okay? Watch what he says. Watch what Jesus says in verse number 8. He says, but be not ye, but be not ye called rabbi, for one is your master, even Christ, and all ye are what? So what do we get this separation from that these folk that be up here are so much greater than those folks sitting down there? Where we get that from? He said, don't call them master. He said, you only have one master. And that one master is Jesus Christ himself. 
But they was in the audience criticizing Jesus trying to help sinners. But they holy than thou. And they trying to critique Jesus. They got a problem, don't you think? They got a big time problem. They got a problem. Now, let's look at, because we just want to teach a little bit this morning. Let's look at Matthew's chapter number 21. Because he's dealing with these old Pharisees. Dealing with them. Now, watch what they do. Verse 23 in Matthew's chapter number 21. Now, verse number 23 in St. Matthew's chapter number 21 says, And when he was come into the temple, talking about Jesus, it says, The chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was doing what? Now, he's teaching. Jesus teaching. And watch what they doing. By what authority doest thou these things? And who gave thee this authority? See, Pharisees will question the teachings of God. They, they question Jesus. Says, who gave you this authority to teach what you're teaching? Hmm. Drop down now to verse number 28. 28, because we're dealing with these two sons here in verse number uh, 28. St. Matthew's chapter number 21. Look at verse number 28, chapter 21 in the book of Matthew. Verse 28 says, But what think ye? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and he said, Son, go work today. In my vineyard. Go work, go work in the field of life. Go out there and witness. Go out there and minister. Go out there and do my bidding. Go out there, he says. Do my bidding. Now, verse number 29 says, He answered and said, How many of us do this? I will not. But then it says something key. But afterward, he repented. And he went. Talking about these two sons. Now we're with the two sons now. He repented. First he said, no, I'm not going to do it. And then he repented and he decided, okay, I'm going out in the field of life and I'm going to witness to people. I'm going to fulfill the, the command of God that says, go ye into all the world. He repented. Watch this. Now, I would suggest to you that that particular son has an interesting background behind him. Watch the word. 29. He says, he answered and he said, I will not. But afterwards he repented. Now, verse number 30 says, and he came to the second and said, likewise. He sends them, requested them to go out. And then the second son says, and he answered and said, I go, sir. And then he says, and went not. Have you ever been around folk that every time something needs to be done, they, they wave their hand, they're going to do it. Oh, yeah, we're going to do it. I'll do it. And then when time comes, they don't do it. That's some of these Pharisees. Watch the book. Watch, watch the word of God. Now, verse number 31, this gets interesting here. 31 says, whether, he asks a question. Jesus is asking a question. Whether them twine did the will of the Father. They said unto him, the first. Jesus said unto them, watch this, watch this. Verily I say unto you. That the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you. See, that first son was publicans and sinners. 
that rejected God and said, no, I, God, I'm not going to serve you. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. But then the later they repented. But then here come them self-righteous Pharisees that said they would do it and did not. And God said, listen, that, that, that sinner, the one that was lost, one that was doing it and everything, one that no longer had God on his side, he says, now, they going to enter into the kingdom before you, Pharisee. How many Pharisees do we have? How many Pharisees? How many? See, this is an individual, individual message. How many Pharisees, self-righteous folk do we have in the body of Christ? Because what Jesus said was, those sinners that you're talking junk about, <laughs> he said they're going to enter into the kingdom before you. And that is in red letters because Jesus is saying. See, we've got to be careful in what we say and how we treat people. Got to be careful now. You got to be careful. Now watch, watch the word, watch the word. Verse number 32 says this. He says, for John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. See, John is a representative of grace. We don't want to accept God's grace. We don't want to give God's grace to anybody else. He said, John came unto you in the way of righteousness, and ye believed him not. But the publicans and the har- a harlot is a whole. Believe God. Believe God. So they believed him, and ye, when ye had seen it, repented not afterwards that ye might believe him. In other words, when they came in and they accepted Jesus Christ, they believed God. They believed what God had said. And you saw their life change, but you still didn't believe yourself, self-righteous, Pharisee. See, it's two sons God had. The sinners. See, they just a lost sheep. They just hadn't found their way back yet. But they will. They will. But then there is that self-righteous Pharisee. Hmm. God help us. Be careful how you treat the sinner man. Because he just might have your seat in the kingdom. The word of God said, judge nothing before it's time. Mm. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Now, let's go back now to St. Luke. St. Luke. Some interesting things in St. Luke chapter 15. Let's go back now to St. Luke. Is it okay if we teach? Because, see, the Holy Spirit, he knows how to get that knife. He knows how to cut us. Right? He knows how to cut us. He knows. You mind you, I said, he knows how to cut us. And those, he knows how to do the cutting. He, he's something about the Lord. He's, he's, he's very matistically, he, he inserts that knife, but he, he does surgery real slow. He lets you feel it. Sometimes you squirm and sometimes you don't. Sometimes we just become rigid. And we go into that self-righteous mode and say, not me. Boy, I wonder if God would open the closet door to our lives. What would fall out? Pharisee! What would come out? God doing surgery. Now, looking at verse number 11, once again, now we're going to talk about two sons. Luke chapter 15, verse number 11. He says, and he said, a certain man had two sons. Okay. Now, verse 12 says, and the younger of them said to his father, father, 
Give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. He's asking for some. See, that word son there, the younger, it doesn't mean younger in age. He said he's younger. It means he's immature. Because, see, once you understand where immaturity will take us, immaturity will take us down a road that will cost us a high cost for low living. Immaturity. Immaturity. He asked for his inheritance. I wonder how many of us have wasted and I'm not talking about money now, wasted our inheritance that God has given us. How many of us has wasted our inheritance? We ask God for something, and God gives it, and then we abuse the inheritance that God gives us. Hmm. The Father is so gracious, he gives us this thing they call, and I say they call, free will. So you can do whatever you want to do with your inheritance. You can do whatever you want to do with your gifting. You can do whatever you want to do with your wisdom. You can do whatever you want to do with whatever God has given you that falls into that inheritance, even down to eternal life. You got a choice. What you do with eternal life? Now, so I hear somebody say, "Well, you know, she's speaking for us. They talking to the sinner." No, I'm talking to you too. Because not only he's got remember he's got two audiences now. They both are trying to hear what Jesus is saying, <laughs> but only only the sinner heard. And believed. Hmm. Now watch what happens here. When we receive the inheritance God has given us. Watch, watch what's happening here. Remember now, it's a high cost for low living. High cost for low living. Now it says in verse number 14 that, uh, and, and, and Luke chapter 15, it says, And when he had, did what? Spent how much? All wasted everything he had. There arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Now, I need to back up a minute. I, I need to back up in verse number 13. I need to back up to verse number 13 here. And if there would, verse number 13, I need you to put that back up. It says, And not many days after the younger son gathered, all together, and he took his journey, he took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. Now, what is that for country? See, we, 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 we have a mindset that he goes to this, this land and, and, and he wastes everything there. But let me tell you. What the far country is. See, when we're operating in that far country, the far country is life apart from God. When you are living a life apart from God, you're living in a far country. Life apart from God. And then that far country is a place of robbery and distortion. Okay? What do you mean? First of all, we got to understand what the far country will do to us. It will rob you of your fellowship with the Father. If you're living a life apart from God, if you're living a life of self-righteousness, you are being robbed of the fellowship with the Father. 
fellowship. How many of us has fellowship with God? What do we call fellowship? Paul says that, oh, that I may know him. And the fellowship of what? Suffering. How many of us has been in the fellowship of suffering? How many of us said, God, God, I want, I want to know. I want to be in fellowship with you even when I am suffering. How many of us still call on the name of God when we're going through? Now, right now, let me tell you something. This world is in a mess. It's, it's, it's a rough time going on here. People are having difficult situations. And we're running around the church jumping and whooping and hollering and skipping and all that mess. And people are suffering. Hmm. See, what the four country would do, it will distort the truth. Watch this when you're in a four country. It will distort the truth and make a lie your truth. It will distort the truth. And it will make you believe a lie and saying that it is truth. I wonder how many of us has been distorted by Satan. Lies. Believed his lies. And it comes to the point of, well, this is what they say. This is what the world say. No. What does the Bible say? What does the word of God say? See, this is how what Satan distorts the truth because he makes us not want to believe the word of God. This is God's mind on paper. But the adversary, he will distort the truth. He will make you believe a lie before you believe the truth. When you're in a far country. When you're in a far country. Now, this far country, it will rob you of your self-worth. It will take away your dignity, your goals. Huh. Talking about the far country now. Your ambitions, your visions, your dreams. My, it's a high cost for low living. When it takes away your dignity. In other words, when you go along with the crowd, when you go along with people and you know what they're saying is not true, it will rob you. It will rob you of your dignity. How many are fulfilling the visions that God has given you? See, you've got to understand now, Sometimes, not sometimes, but oftentimes and all times, when you're in that far country, you will not do the things that God has called and ordained for your life. Boy, it's quiet up in here. Could it be that we find ourselves living in the far country? You had dreams and admirations, things that you wanted to do, things that you know God had told you to do, even from a child, but you failed to do it because you're still in a far country. Do we not know our flesh will cause us to enter into? Our own personal desires will cause us to enter into the far country. And some of us are still there. Hmm. See, that far country, it will rob you of your inheritance. It'll rob you. That far country, it will rob you of your inheritance. The things that God, some of y'all, oh, my God, supposed to be shown up, shown up, shown up teachers. But you've been robbed. See, we, 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 we think it's only for certain things, but remember what God said, that the publicans, huh, publicans was tax, collect, tax collectors in those days, 
and the harlots, the whores, was going to enter into the kingdom before the, the Pharisees. See, the Pharisees, they was teachers of the law. They were teachers. They were the rulership doing that. They, they wanted to teach and critique everybody. But Jesus said, listen, the one you discard is going to be in the kingdom before you. I don't want them to have my seat. We can join together. <laughs> we can sit together. But I don't want to lose my seat. I don't want to lose my seat in the kingdom. Talking about the inheritance. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch, watch, watch the verse. It says, at his spin off, when he, when he gets depleted, verse 14, he, see, he talks about how a mighty famine in that land. Now that land is the far country. The famine is in that land. That land is the far country. And then he begins to be in want. If anybody ever had the resources depleted, and then, that, you know, like me sometimes, you know, depleted, there's some things that you want, you know, you like to have, but you can't get, you know, you, you know you're kind of lining up them figures, you know. I don't know about y'all, but I'm, I'm constantly, okay, can I spend this, Lord? Can I spend this? Should I spend this? And you too, brother, thank you for being honest. Thank you for being honest. See, when the famine comes and everything is depleted, that's, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. That's why you got to remain in the Father's house. Too many are getting outside of the will of God, not in the Father's house. And when depletion comes, because see, right now this world is in a depleted state, not only in the physical, but it's in the spiritual as well. They're in a depleted state, depleted condition. And whenever there's a depleted condition, famine will come. That what you need, it becomes scarce. It's going to get worse and worse. We told you that over and over. Okay. Now, watch what happens when we're in this far country. Verse 15. It says, and he went. Watch this. And he went and he joined himself to a citizen of that country. What country is that? That far country. One where people are walking apart from God. He joined himself to a citizen of that country, that far country. And watch what that citizen will do. He sent him into his field to feed his swines. Hmm. Now, he didn't go to the church. He didn't go to those, the body of Christ, to say, I'm in a condition. I need for you to help me. He didn't do that. What he did was, it said he joined himself with a citizen of that country, that far country. Our citizenship is not here. Our citizenship is there. We got it all mixed up. We're so busy trying to live right here that we forget we belong there. That's where our citizenship is. So he joined himself with folk that did not know God. Let me tell you something. You got to need them same people. You got to understand something. (laughs) The world is a needy place. The world is a needy place. Place. It wants what you have. Because, see, our source is God. And if it can rob you of your source, who is God, then you're going to be just like them. In a time of famine, you're going to be broke and disgusted. And I don't mean just broken money. I'm talking about broken spirit. Because, see, you can be broken money as long as you got spirit, then you're able to make it through. See, that, that's what we got to get to. We got to get there. It doesn't matter what happens around. God will provide. He'll do that. But, no, this son now, the one that was immature, he was immature. He joined himself with somebody 
just as worst off as he was. How crazy. Then you got to go work for them. You got to work for them. Say, say he's, he worked, now you're working in his field. How many of us spend 15, 20 hours working for the man and we still ain't getting no further? I heard a few amens. But if the truth be known, we're in a foreign country because we put God aside. How much time are we spending with God? Is it one hour? Two hours? And how much time are we giving man? Is it 15 hours? You, you, you. See, well, that's where examination comes in our own personal life. See, time is winding up. Time is winding up. As the book of Revelation says, soon time will be no more. We've got to get it right, right here, right now. You remember the dream I told you about? I dreamt that it was in hell. Do you remember that? I'm going down all these chambers because I will not reveal something that was told to me. And then when I finally get on the bottom level and I'm looking around and I look like I'm in a, some type of cell, when I looked, I see this man and I said, what are you doing here? He was in hell just like I was in hell. And you know what he said? Because of unforgiveness. How much unforgiveness do we have in our hearts? See, when we have unforgiveness in our hearts, we're in a far country. And if we don't make it right, we'll be in hell. Oh, wow. Okay, the latter part of 16 talks about, and he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swines did eat. Watch this when you're in a far country. It says, and no man gave unto him. Nobody gave to him. He's in a far country. The world only takes the world does not give. So nobody wouldn't give him anything. Now, he's left the father's house. He's, he's left the master. He's left the father's house. And he expected the world. See, that's a lie. That's a trickery. The world will make you think that it has what you need. No. It does not have what you need. You have what it needs, and that's Jesus Christ. Hmm. Now, let's go to Proverbs. We're almost done. Proverbs chapter number 14. Proverbs 14. 14. Proverbs chapter number 14. Looking at verse number 12. Are we there? It says... There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. See, the devil can make it look so good, make it appear to be right, but he don't tell you you're going down a slippery slope. There's a way that seemeth right. Anybody ever went, did something and you, oh, I know this God. I know this God. And then when you get there, it ain't. It seemeth right. All right, last verses. Going back to Luke. High cost for low living. Going back to Luke. We're almost done. Boy, Holy Spirit working. See it. Now, here's hope. When you're in the far country, here's hope. Here's hope. Here is 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 hope. All is well. Here is hope. 
Luke chapter 15, verse number 17. Verse 17 says, And when he came to himself, See, now, see, when you're in that far country, when there's a reflection going, now see, when you're in that far country and you've, you've hit so low, you've hit rock bottom, then you will begin to reflect. So he's having reflections. In verse 17, he says, And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. See, now he's remembering the Father's house. He's remembering that God had provided provisions for him, and not only provisions for him, but there was some to be spared, some that was left over. But that's when he came to himself. See, you can either remain in that far country, or you will come out of that far country because reflecting how good God has been to you will bring you out of the far country. He, he reflected on that and he remembered, listen, in my father's house, in my father's house, in my father's house, I remember when I had a need and I, I couldn't do this and I couldn't do that, but, but in my father's house, God took care of it. He began to reflect. Today, we need to do some reflecting. Because we do not need to go to the world to get what God already has given us provisions for. Because he is our source. And watch what happens. See, when when we come to that place of remembering, in verse number 18 It tells us we have to make a decision. Got to make a choice. He says, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, watch this, I have sinned against heaven and before the... He talks about sinning before heaven. He didn't talk about sinning against man. He said, I've sinned against heaven. See, when, when, when we find ourselves apart from God, worshiping all kind of idols and giving in to the things of the world, we are sinning against heaven. That's heavy. That's heavy. But in his reflection, God let him see Listen, son, you're sinning against me. You're sinning against heaven. And then he sees something else in verse number 19. He says, and no more worthy. He's talking about himself. He says, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Humility takes place. Humility takes place. Then he says, make me as one of thy hired servants. In other words, he said, make me a slave to you, God. Make me a slave to you. See, this is where when we humble ourselves, when we humble ourselves, this is where we get to that place of humility. And then we're willing to serve God and become a slave to him, not a slave to man. And the devices of the world. But look at the love of Christ. When we done screwed up, messed up, and all that other stuff, we all been there, haven't we? We've all been there. Now watch. Watch what God does. See? And see, that's why this very verse is why Jesus said, The publicans and the harlots, the whores, Going to get there before them self-righteous Pharisee folk. This is the verse right here. Remember now, it had two audiences in the beginning. Remember those two audiences? The sinner and them self-righteous folk, them judging folk. He says in verse 20, watch the return. 
when we come to ourselves, verse 20 says, and he arose. See, he made a decision. He gets up, and he said, and he came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And then verse 21 says, And the son said unto him, Father, I have what? Sin. Acknowledgement against heaven and in thy sight. And I am no more worthy to be called thy son. The hope is whatever the sinner or the publican has done, when they make that turn, when they make that switch, turning me toward God, I don't care if it's 50,000 miles down the road, God sees it. He sees that turn. He sees you making the turn. Might be slow, but you're making that turn. Because the Bible says it was a great ways off. And let me tell you something. When you make that turn, watch God bless you. You watch God bless you when you make the turn. The Bible says the angels rejoice when just one, one come to repentance. They're having a part in heaven because you make that turn heading home. You made that decision, you're heading home. You made that choice. Say, today, this is an appeal for those that are lost, that don't know Jesus. And there are two audiences. Because the self-righteous don't know Jesus no more than the sinner do. Because they were so busy trying to curtail Jesus. Come on. How can we curtail? The father of the universe. You know, I love, I love Jesus. <laughs> As that song, I love him, this I know. Because when he said that those publicans and sinners was going to get to the kingdom for them civil rights, you folk. So, world, those that are listening, those that are present, don't give up. The father sees. The Father hears, and the Father will take care. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. A low call.